Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. You know, life can be such a grind at times, and so we're here sharing God's Word with you to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the host of the Grind It Podcast, the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast, and I just want to say thank you for being a listener. Thank you for watching on YouTube. Most of all, thank you for sharing the Grinded Podcast with your friends and your family and your co-workers to whoever, because when you share the Grinded Podcast, you're giving people the opportunity to get to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And I just want to say thank you and God bless you and pray that you will continue to listen, continue to watch, and continue to share. You know, our whole goal here at the Grinded Podcast is to just motivate people to point people to Jesus, to keep their eyes Focus on Jesus, and that's Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3 is our base verses. And we just want to encourage people who have life challenges, who are struggling, uh, just to, to make it day to day because life is hard. It's very challenging. And so we want to encourage people just to continue to keep their eyes on Jesus because He is hope. And as we say so often, hope has a name. And his name is Jesus. Now, today we're going to dive into Acts chapter 21. And I'm just going to say right off the top of the bat that Acts chapter 21 is a difficult chapter. And I'm just going to tell you that a lot of this is going to be my opinion. And and if there's somebody that has Acts 21 all figured out, and you'll understand what I'm talking about when we get into it. But if, if you're out there and you have the answers to Acts chapter 21 and what we're going to be discussing in this chapter, by all means, please email me the answers at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com. And I would just be so thankful that you uh, have the answers. But I'm assuming that you're a lot like me and it's going to be a lot of opinions. But if you have the answers to what we're going to discuss in this podcast in Acts chapter 21, by all means, please email me those answers and help me out and I will be very thankful. So, in Acts chapter 21, you know, Paul has a goal and that goal is to get to Jerusalem before Passover begins and He's traveling through some areas where he and Barnabas had started churches and he's saying his goodbyes because uh, he knows that when he gets to Jerusalem that something is going to go down there because he's been warned by the Holy Spirit several times. And In Acts chapter 21, Luke begins with Paul meeting with the elders at Ephesus and, and he's saying his goodbyes. And Luke also mentions places that they have sailed uh, to on their way towards Jerusalem, and he 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 gives us some insight. He gives us great detail. He says that they they sailed to the island of Kos, C O S, Kos. They sailed to Rhodes, to Patara, Phoenicia, and he says past the island of Cyprus. And when they passed the island of Cyprus, Luke even says that the island was to their left, and then they landed at Tyre, which is in Syria. And they stayed there with the believers for a week, Luke says. So once again, there in Tyre, Paul is warned by the Holy Spirit that he should not 
go to Jerusalem as some believers prophesied over Paul. In Acts chapter 21 verse 4, Luke writes this. He says, We went ashore and we found the local believers and stayed with them for a week. These believers prophesied through the Holy Spirit. That is key. That is crucial. Listen to what Luke says. These believers prophesied through the Holy Spirit that Paul should not go to Jerusalem. And that right there is, is absolutely key. That the Holy Spirit used these believers their entirety and they warned Paul, don't go to Jerusalem. Now, Warning after warning after warning, the Holy Spirit continues to warn Paul. And for some reason, Paul continues to ignore these warnings. The message is crystal clear from God himself through the Holy Spirit using people. When Paul travels from place to place saying his goodbyes and he's saying, I'm on my way to Jerusalem. The Holy Spirit speaks through these people, these Christians, these Jesus followers, and they warn Paul, don't go to Jerusalem. So the message is clear to Paul. Don't go to Jerusalem. So my question is, why is Paul so determined to go to Jerusalem? Why does he continue his journey, which... It, it almost seems on face value that he is being disobedient to the will of God. Or is Paul being disobedient? In verses 5 and 6, it says, When it was time to leave, we left and we continued on our way. Paul would not be deterred. He had it in his mind that he's got to get to Jerusalem. And, and he wants to get there before the Feast of Pentecost. And so Luke writes... He says, when it was time to leave, we left and we continued on our way. All of them, including wives and children, accompanied us out of the city. And there on the beach, we knelt to pray. After saying goodbye to each other, we went aboard the ship and they returned home. So they, Paul just continues his journey toward Jerusalem. And I, I wrote in my notes, I said, for a man with such wisdom and a man who was so in tune with God, he is obviously being driven by something, some deep desire, some passion, if you will, to get to Jerusalem despite the warnings by the Holy Spirit. And so here's where the confusion kicks in. One reason I believe Paul is so determined to go to Jerusalem despite the warnings is that he made a statement to the elders when he was meeting with the elder, elders back in Ephesus in Acts chapter 20, verses 22 and 23. This is what he says. He says, And now I am bound by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. I don't know what awaits me, Paul says, except that the Holy Spirit tells me in city after city that jail and suffering lie ahead. But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. Well, couldn't Paul do that where he was at? He was already, 
He's already traveled hundreds and hundreds of miles, and he's, there's places that the Holy Spirit wouldn't allow him to go. Maybe he could have go to those places, but for some reason, there was a draw to Jerusalem. And Paul was, was thinking that he has to go to Jerusalem to finish the work that God started in him, which was there in uh, Damascus. If you remember, Paul had that one-on-one encounter with Jesus when he was on the road to Damascus, and, and you know he was knocked off his horse, and that light shone around, and he heard the voice of Jesus, and he had a conversation with Jesus, and Jesus tells him to go to the, uh, to to go on to Damascus and meet with Ananias, that he'd be waiting for him, and so. Uh, Paul, who was called Saul at the time, he was obedient, and he went to see Ananias, and he was baptized uh, for the remission of his sins by Ananias, and so he was obedient. And from that point on, he was dedicated to serving Jesus. And when Jesus was giving Ananias a heads up that Saul or Paul would be coming to see him, Jesus tells Ananias something about Paul or Saul. He says this, he says, go because Ananias was scared to death because Ananias had heard the horrible things that this man has been doing to men and women who follow Jesus. He's been going from house to house and throwing them in prison and throwing them in jail, and they're losing their lives. He's busting up these families. And so Ananias is scared, and so Jesus gives Ananias some comfort, and he tells him these words. He says, Go, for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to kings, as well as to the people of Israel, and I will show him how how much he must suffer for my name's sake. And so, from the time, since we have been studying the book of Acts, and, and really focusing in, Luke does, on Paul's ministry, from the time Paul was converted to Jesus and started serving Jesus and dedicated his life to serving Jesus, he, he people tried to kill him. He was persecuted from the very get-go because if you remember, uh, the disciples, the Christians there in Jerusalem had to sneak him out of town because people wanted him dead. And they had to let him down over a wall and told him to go back home to Tarsus. And he stayed in Tarsus, I believe, for around three years. And, and so just immediately from when Paul was converted to Jesus and dedicated his life to serving Jesus, he was being persecuted he has suffered many things as he traveled you know we've been studying the book of acts and and all these places that paul goes to and and he's being beaten he's being stoned he's being chased from city to city by these same people these jews who who try to destroy his message and and even try to kill him if they could get their hands on him um and, and so persecution just was there at the very beginning with Paul and his ministry. And he's telling Jews and Gentiles about Jesus, just like Jesus said he would do. He's met some big-time people along the way, some very higher-ups and city officials that he converted to Jesus. Um, But for some reason, there is something about Jerusalem that had a special draw to Paul and Paul felt like that the Holy Spirit wanted him to, to go to Jerusalem, according to what he had told the elders there at Ephesus, that 
that he was bound by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. And, and here's the confusion. If the Holy Spirit was wanting Paul to go to Jerusalem, then why would the Holy Spirit use these believers to prophesy to Paul not to go to Jerusalem? And that's the question that, that we have to answer. And I'm just going to tell you, like I said at the very beginning, it's just going to be my opinions. Because we're looking at this 2,000 years later, and we're looking at Paul at Luke's writings and, trying, and what Paul said and trying to figure out what's going on here. Did, did Paul make a mistake? Was he being disobedient? Was he, was he uh, thinking that he was listening to the Holy Spirit when he was really listening to his own selfish desires because he wanted to go to Jerusalem and see what he could do there? I, I, that's what we're going we're gonna to dive into those questions. Uh, and we're going to start when we come back from break. We'll be right back. One of the greatest challenges in living for Jesus and let's just face it, it's sin. Our carnal nature likes to raise its ugly head every now and then, and so we'll do something crazy because something has caught our eyes, and we make a horrible decision, and, and then you know we just sin. Um, not if, but when is this going to happen? And when it does happen, what do we need to do? Well, we need to run to Jesus, we need to repent, and we need to ask for forgiveness. Much like David did, when he sinned with Bathsheba and, and he wrote Psalm 51. Uh, here's some highlights from Psalm 51 that David says to God. Have mercy on me, O God, because of your unfailing love, because of your great compassion. Blot out the stain of my sins. Wash me clean from guilt. Purify me from sin. For I recognize my rebellion. It haunts me day and night. Against you and you alone have I sinned. I have done what is evil in your sight. Purify me from my sins and I'll be clean. Wash me and I'll be whiter than snow. Oh, give me back my joy again. Because that's what sin does. It robs us of our joy. David says, give me back my joy again. You have broken me. Now let me rejoice. Don't keep looking at my sins. Remove the stain of my guilt. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. Then I will teach your ways to rebels and they will return to you. Let's all be thankful for the blood of Jesus, for his grace and his mercy. So, Roughly 25 years or so have passed since Paul's conversion, and his health is deteriorating, so perhaps that's why it may have influenced his decision on uh, traveling to Jerusalem. And, and here's why I say that. you got to put some stuff together here, do a little uh, studying and digging and putting together, and, and I've done that for you the best I can in 2 Corinthians 10.10, 10, it says, For some say his letters are weighty and forceful, but in person he is unimpressive or he is weak, and his, speak, his speaking amounts to nothing. So, in other words, Paul's bodily presence is a lot like me. I'm small, I'm 5'7", five, 5'8", five, on a good day, and thin. You know, and, and so they're saying, you know, you, 
Paul's letters are meaty, they're weighty, but when you see him, there's just not much there at all. He's not, uh, you know, um, he's not superimposing uh, to look at at all. It, it, you know, his his bodily presence is a far cry from what we perceive of him in his description in Acts when, you know, he's at the present, uh, he, he's present at Stephen's stoning, and, they're, and he's in a place of power and authority because they're, they're throwing their coats down at his feet. And, and then, um, he's, you know, you picture this guy, as I mentioned a while ago, that he's going from house to house and he's dragging men and women out of the houses and dragging them to prison. So, you, you know, you think of somebody like Samson or the Incredible Hulk or something. And, but no, it, it says in 2 Corinthians 10.10 10, that when you see Paul, he was not much to look at. He was, he was a tiny dude. Um, and, and so I, I have to beg to ask the question, is it because he was sick? Because there, there are many people believe that Paul had malaria because of this description given here in 2 Corinthians 10. And when you put that together with what Paul says about himself in Galatians 6, 11, he says, Notice what large letters I use as I write these closing words in my own handwriting. So uh, Paul usually had a scribe that was writing for him, uh, but when he was sometimes when he would uh write his greetings his own greetings he would do it in his own handwriting and he says look how huge look how large my letters that i write with are and it's because his eyesight was bad and so he would write in these large letters he could see what he's writing so if we put that together with second corinthians 12 7 through 10 when paul says that he was given a thorn in the flesh and you remember he had prayed three times for God to remove that thorn from his flesh, but God told him that, he said, my grace is sufficient for you, which basically meant, Paul, you know, I'm sorry, dude, but you're going to have to deal with, with this thorn in the flesh because it, my grace is sufficient for you. It will get you through this. And so if you put all of that together, then maybe, just maybe, there was some kind of sickness going on in Paul's body. Um, and so, you know, maybe that had something to do with his urging to, to get back to Jerusalem before Pentecost. You know, we don't have any idea how old Paul was when he was converted to Jesus. But let's just say that he was around 20 years old. Well, that would make him roughly... Uh, about 45 years of age. I'm 48, and I'm in fairly good health, you know, despite some skateboard accidents and, you know, and some sports injuries and, you know, pulled muscles and, and, you know, back surgeries and, you know, from hitting a tree stump sled with my son. I'm in pretty good health. But Paul, I mean, you think about it. I mean, he's been traveling for a long time. He's been beaten. He's been flogged several times. He's He's been stoned. He's being chased from city to city. I mean, there would be a lot of stress on Paul and, and, and on his body. So if he had malaria and was doing all this traveling and going through all of these, these uh, uh, challenges, if you will, uh, his body would be in some very rough shape. And, and like I said, he was flogged and beaten and stoned and being chased and, and being under the stress that he was under. You know, perhaps, just perhaps, Paul knew that his time was short and he just had this just this huge longing and this desire, this passion, if you will, to 
to to get to Jerusalem because in his mind he's thinking that, that that that's where God wants him to finish his ministry and so he he just has that desire to go back to Jerusalem and so with that desire he claims that he was bound by the spirit to to get to Jerusalem and so Luke writes that Paul and his entourage they leave Tyre and they stop in Ptolemus and then Caesarea, which is the last stop before he actually goes to Jerusalem. And when he gets to Caesarea, that is the place where uh, Philip, if you remember from Acts chapter 8, that uh, that same Philip has settled down in Caesarea uh, with his family. And Paul's going to stay with them for a, a little bit of time there. And while he's there, the Holy Spirit uses, once again, he uses a prophet named Agabus to warn Paul, yet one more time, don't go to Jerusalem, dude. Stop this journey that you're on and do something different. In verses 10 through 14, Luke writes, After we had been there a number of days, a prophet named Agabus came down from Judea, and coming over to us, he took Paul's belt, and he tied his own hands and feet with it, and said, The Holy Spirit says... And this way, the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem will bind the owner of this belt and will hand him over to the Gentiles. And when we heard this, we and the people there pleaded with Paul not to go up to Jerusalem. And then Paul answered, Why are you weeping and breaking my heart? I am ready not only to be bound, but also to die in Jerusalem. For the name of the Lord Jesus. And when he would not be dissuaded, we gave up and said, The Lord's will be done. And the next stop is Jerusalem. Nothing was going to deter Paul from going to Jerusalem. For some reason, despite the Holy Spirit using these people place after place after place, don't go to Jerusalem. Don't go to Jerusalem. Don't go to Jerusalem. Paul says, I'm bound by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. I, I, I wasn't there, and we do not know why he does not say why he felt that way, that he had to go to Jerusalem. So I, I thought about this, and, and I want to ask you a question. Have you ever prayed for God's will to be done, but the whole time that you were praying for God's will to be done, you were really planning on what you wanted to do and then ask God to bless it? I'll I, I raise my hand and say, guilty. I've done that. And, you know, even though it has some success, in the end, it just fizzled out. It, it became a major flop. Now, I don't know why Paul was driven to go to Jerusalem, like I said a while ago. Uh, he, he wanted to go so bad despite knowing that he could possibly die in Jerusalem. And, and, and as I said a while ago, I wasn't there. And, and I'm looking at it from Luke's uh, viewpoint and his writings 2,000 years later. And I'm trying to figure stuff out. And my question is this. How much more beneficial could Paul have been if he had just listened to the Holy Spirit speaking through these different people? How more beneficial could he have been for God if he would have just not went to Jerusalem? If he would have just heed 
the warnings that were given to him over and over and over again. Why did Paul say that he was bound by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem if the Holy Spirit was using others to warn him not to go to Jerusalem? And I'm just going to be flat out honest here. I, I don't know the answer. I just have guesses. As I mentioned earlier, maybe his health was deteriorating and it was getting hard to travel. Perhaps Paul thought that he had done all that he could do and if his health is deteriorating, perhaps Paul thought that he had done all that he could do. And, you know, this is his third, as we call it, the missionary journey. Uh, and maybe it was time for Paul to shoot for the moon. I even read that, that Paul had a, what they call a martyr's complex. Because he, he says this, Paul answered, Why are you weeping and breaking my heart? I am ready not only to be bound, but also to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. So maybe he had a martyr's complex. Maybe he thought that that's what God's will was for him to do, was to die for Jesus. And what makes it even more hard to explain is that when Paul was traveling on his previous journeys, as we've been studying all throughout the book of Acts, right, these journeys, Luke would write that they wanted to go to a certain town or a certain area, uh, but the Spirit would not allow them to go there. So to make it even more difficult to understand, why would Paul listen to the Holy Spirit then, but not now? Why was he obedient to the Spirit then when he was traveling around and going through uh, Asia and those parts of the uh, of that area and the Holy Spirit said no you're not going there at this time go here and so that's what they would do why was what, what is it about Jerusalem that just just had Paul in its grasp and, and drawing him to Jerusalem well obviously since I'm coming from a viewpoint 2,000 years later and I'm only going off what I read from Luke's writings I just can't help but wonder, did Paul make a mistake by going to Jerusalem? And here's what I mean. You know, I, I, I would, I've been in ministry for a long time, and, and I graduated Bible college uh, from Freed Hardeman University in West Tennessee in December of 2002. And I would love to be able to look you straight face to face and tell you that the Holy Spirit was leading me to where I preached at in my first church. I mean... This church wanted to hire me several months before I got out of college. And at the time, uh, they were, what I thought was a lot of money, and it really I guess it was a lot of money, they, they wanted to pay me like $40,000 a year to preach. And so I, I'm just going to be honest. It wasn't the Holy Spirit that was leading me. It, it was that $40,000. And what ended up happening is, I, I, we, I moved my family, my wife and my two boys at the time, who were very young, uh, 16 hours away from home, away from my parents and, and my wife's parents and all of our family to, to, to a place that we have no idea who anybody is. Uh, my wife's mom had just passed away, and so we had all of her stuff. So we had to have two big old trucks to get us up there. And then we had to deal with all that once we got there. It was, I graduated December 13th. We moved on December 14th to a place in the Midwest where the wind just blows across the state. And it is so cold that it gets down, the wind chills get down to 20 below. 
And like, as soon as we got there, a blizzard hit. And I'm from West Tennessee. I've never hardly even seen snow, much less a blizzard. And and, and so it's snowing sideways. It's piling up in the yard. It, the the snow didn't melt. It just piled up. Each snow, each new snow, just piled up on the old snow. The house that we stayed in was an ice box. It was an old farmhouse, and when the wind blew, which was all the time, it would it, the, the the windows were so bad, and there was no insulation in this house that uh, that I lit a match and put it in the middle of the living room floor, and the wind would almost blow the flame out. It would literally lay down, and and I'm telling you, the first week I was at that church, I called. The, they didn't have elders. We had men's business meetings. And I called the guy that hired me. And by the, by the way, my wife had a saying, the guy that hired you will be the guy that fires you. And it, it seems to be true. And I'll talk about this some other time in another podcast. But uh, I wanted to resign my first week there because, uh, it, like I said, it was near Christmas. It was two weeks before Christmas. We put up a Christmas tree for the boys first thing. And these people come over you know, because they're bringing us food because we're new to the area. And, and uh, they call us pagan because we had a Christmas tree. And I'm from the South, and we say Sunday school. And, and they were saying, well, uh, this lady that cleaned the, the church building, my first Sunday there, well, that next Monday, this lady's cleaning the church building, and she knocks on my office door. And I say, yeah, come on in. It's open. And, and you know, I'm thinking, you know, she's going to say, hey, we're glad to have you. No, that's not what she said at all. She said, hey, uh, can you not say Sunday school, because that sounds denominational. We call it Bible class. And I said, well, you know what? If if, if I say Sunday school, if I slip, because I've said it all my life, and I'm 30 years old at this time, uh, or 27 years old, somewhere around there, and I'm like, if, if I say Sunday school, just please forgive me, and I'll try to do my best to say Bible class. But anyway, I, I, I did not follow the Holy Spirit. I followed Money. Money was my passion. I just graduated college. I had this family, and this church has offered me $40,000. I didn't do any research. I just packed up my family and went. And and it was pure hell. And I lasted for 10 months. And, and they never did get a contract. And so I offered to resign, and they were going to give me 60 to 90 days severance pay. And after I turned in my resignation... They did not give me one penny. And there we are, stuck in this, this cold town, and, and uh, it, it was terrible. And what ended up happening there, a church had gotten wind of what happened, and they took me on as a youth minister for a little while, and then I became their pastor when their preacher resigned. And, and they were some great people, but we just could not stand the cold winters, and we wanted to move back to the south, and, and that's what we ended up doing. But here's the deal. I said all that to say this. That church that hired me after all that went down was the greatest church that I have ever been a part of. They were a huge blessing to me and my wife and, and at the time, my two boys. And they had started to become like family to us. And when we left, it was the absolute hardest decision that I think I, one of the hardest decisions I ever made in my life. And, and matter of fact, sitting to the left of me uh, um, is is a picture that they gave us um, 
of the countryside there and and uh, of that area and I, I still have it it's right here beside me i've had it all these years um and it was the hardest thing to do to leave and 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 i'll just tell you i didn't ask for the holy spirit's permission to leave i didn't ask god what he wanted me to do and 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 i honestly believe that i just walked away from god's will when i left that church because i wanted out of there i wanted to come back to the south because i'd had a bad experience and i just wanted to get back to the south where i thought i belonged and i went to a little church with 20 people i didn't care how small it was i didn't care what they paid i just wanted out of where i was at and i i just to this day i tell people i think i left god's will then but did god still use me yes i've baptized a lot of people i've told a lot of people about jesus I've ministered to a lot of people. I've helped uh, uh, God working through me. I've helped a lot of marriages and, 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 and a lot of teenagers. I, we built indoor skate parks. We had indoor teen centers. Uh, we have ministered to a lot of people over the years. So God still used me. And, 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 and I think about this with Paul. Was Paul mistaken? Did he... Think that he was following God's will and the whole time he just had his own passion and his own desire and 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 wanted to get to Jerusalem, wanting to minister to the people there in Jerusalem and, 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 and miss it. God still used Paul just like he used me, just like he uses anybody else when we blow it and make bad decisions. God still uses us. But... I just can't but think that the, the people that Paul could have ministered to, and the, even other churches that uh, he could have started, and the people that needed him and his help as this church thing was, was new, as in its infancy. But God still used Paul in many ways. And, and Paul, as we'll see here in the next chapter, I believe that he goes on to Rome and ministers to people there, even though he's in house arrest. Um. But I'll end the podcast by saying this. You know, pray for God's will and, and, and try your best to understand what God's will is and be obedient to the will of God. But if you make bad decisions and you have left the will of God, you can always come back. Like if you've backslidden to the point that, that you just left Jesus out in the cold and, and you just no longer feel Jesus anymore, you can always repent and ask God to forgive you and to fill you with His Holy Spirit. And He will do that. It's just like the prodigal son who came home. And He'll put that robe on you and that ring on you and welcome you right in. But if you were in ministry at one time and you've made a bad decision you know, from the flesh and not from God, Ask God to forgive you, but ask God to continue to use you where you are at. And He will. Continue to minister to people. Continue to share Jesus no matter where you are, where God has placed you at this time. Don't be discouraged. Be encouraged. And, and keep grinding and, and, and keep serving Jesus where you are at. God bless you, and we will continue with Acts 21 in the next podcast. Thank you for listening to the Grinded Podcast today. May God bless you. If you have any comments or questions, you can email them to us at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com. If you would like Randy to come and speak at your church or your next event, you can contact him through that same email address. 
Also, I would like to thank Jody Foster's Army, also known as JFA, for their song, Abba, as we use for our intro and our outro off their untitled 1984 album. May God bless you, and remember, keep your eyes on Jesus and keep grinding.